Welcome to the Sand Hills Media Ministry. We hope this production encourages and challenges you to live a more Christ-centered life. Welcome to episode three of season four of the Sand Hills Podcast as we continue diving into our season theme of exploring some of the misconceptions uh, and problems that the world has with Christian theology and readdressing those and correcting them. We've got a really great topic today with Pastor Malcolm Walls, uh, who is the head of outreach here at Sandals Community Church, who has a degree in missio- urban missiology. And so he's thought a lot about this, about how do we engage these concepts and conversations around things like hell and evangelization. And so today's topic is about, does God just send people to hell because he's upset that they're not reciprocating his love? Or is God rescuing people from a natural outcome that we've chosen? And so that'll be a great conversation for us to have. We hope you enjoy it. He's given us the ability, right, to level up through Jesus. And you can either choose to level up or stay where you're at. Hmm. And God is like, but I don't want you to stay where you're at. I want you to be my masterpiece. I want to craft you and show you just how awesome Hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. And yet in his love, he says, but if you don't want it, I'm not going to force it. That's what I love about God. I'm not going to force it on you. No, the only time you're really going to be free and fulfilled is when, as a created being, you begin to walk in the way that he's created you to operate. But what you do need to do is just be a faithful representation of what you believe. Live it, live it boldly, don't hedge on anything, and just simply be who you are for the sake of Christ and the gospel and the church. And don't think about it in terms of like, did I make sure that they understood that I think they're wrong? In every generation, we need to evangelize the church. There is no Christian culture. Christianity is the message of God's Son sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to choose him or not? And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm -hmm. They leave because of other people. All right, Malcolm, so as we jump into this conversation, we're going to be talking about the idea of hell, people going to hell, people going to heaven, our role in that, God's role in that, how all that shakes out, what scripture says. I think that there's some good things that we want to lay the foundation of before we just jump, you know, straight into, okay, you know, does God send people to hell because they don't return his love, you know, as if he can't just jump straight to hell, you know? And so does God love all of his creation? I think it's the most foundational question Mm -hmm. when approaching the topic of heaven and hell because it has to deal with what our perception of God's love is and also what he says his love is. Mm -hmm. So does God love all of his creation? I think is the first question we want to get to. I I think when you you open up the biblical text and you you go to Genesis, clearly in Genesis chapter 1, as God is creating everything, he's saying it's good, Mm -hmm. it's good, it's good. And so from that, you can see that God does have a love for all of his creation um, because his creation uh, is a reflection of who he is. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at us, kind of like the epitome of his creation, um, we're made his image and likeness. And so why would God, I mean, logically, why would he hate himself if we yeah. created to in his image and likeness? Uh, so, so, yeah, I would say the short answer is yes. God created everything um, for his glory. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he does love all of his creation. And 
when he looks at it, when you said that idea of of he's envious, right? And he loves his creation and, and he and he and he loves that idea of, of worship and godly praise. Does that come into the question of like because one of the things that I heard, what kind of sparked this question in my mm-hmm. mind, was this idea. I saw I saw a meme, and it was like God texting someone, and he was like, hey, smiley <laughs> face. Like, I love you so much. You're the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they're just like, oh, like, uh, thanks, but, you know, you're just kind of like a friend to me. And then he was like, straight to hell. Just right there, because you don't reciprocate my love. Yeah. Right? And so how does that play into it? Because we talk about that, like, he says he's a jealous God. Right, and he goes, all worship and glory belongs to me. How does our understanding of jealousy and envy and love play into our understanding of God's concept concept of this? Like, is he like that texter where he's just like, man, you don't love me back, so you're out of here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is there something else going on? Well, we have to. I think we got to understand that, you know, the way we look at jealousy, love, and the way God looks at jealousy and love are a little different. The Bible says God's a jealous God, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, why can how can God be jealous and I can't? Why right. can't I be envious? Well, here's the thing. When you own everything, everything is yours. Mm-hmm. You can be jealous. You and I, and anyone who's who's watching and listening, we own nothing. Mm. We're stewards of it. Mm-hmm. How can we get jealous if we don't own it? If it's not ours to begin with. It's not with. ours to begin with. So everything belongs to God. Hence, he can be jealous. Hence, he can desire for everything to worship him because it all belongs to him. It was created right. for him by him, through him, right, and through the person of Christ. So therefore, he can be a jealous God. Now, the idea of when we don't respond directly back to his love, does he just, okay, to hell you go. Mm-hmm. That that would contradict scripture if he was like that. Right. Because the scriptures, you know, love is patient. Mm. God is love. Therefore, God is patient. Mm-hmm. So you got to start connecting those dots. But when you look at, so for example, Psalm 19 verse 1 says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God mm. and, and his handiwork, right? And then you go back and you look at Psalm 104 when it says, um, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. Uh, may the Lord rejoice in his works. Mm-hmm. So he's seeing what he's done. Creation praises God. It mm. gives God all this glory. And so when God doesn't get it back, he's like, yo, like, you're mine. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be here if not for me. Mm. And so at the same time, his love says, I'm waiting. I'm mm-hmm. waiting for the glory. Come on. Come right. on. Come on and bring it. Come on and right. bring it. And so we have that patience working in our favor, that grace working in our favor until we breathe our last breath. Mm. But, it, but it's an enduring. That's that long suffering. Mm. You know, that's the, God's forbearance. Like, I, I want you to be, I want you to receive all this love. Mm-hmm. And I'll patiently wait for it. But at some point, you know can't trifle upon the grace of God. And that gets us to the next question, right? If he loves us so much, if he's so patient with us, if his, like it says, mercy triumphs over justice, if these things are all true of God, why even create a hell to send us to? Well, so, okay. So now you got to go to scripture. Right. So now you're looking at Matthew 25, 41 where it, it clearly, explicitly says that hell was created for Satan and the demons and the angels mm-hmm. that, that fell with him, mm-hmm. right? So imagine it like this. Somebody has a party, and I'm not invited to it, and yet I crash it anyway. 
I'm in a place where I don't belong, mm. right? Hell is a party, right, for Satan and his demons mm. that humanity is going to be crashing. It's mm. not that we were ever invited to be there, but we've chosen to go there based on our disregard and rejection of God. Yeah. So, 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 but that, what that says, though, is that God is just, mm. right? And so he's like, I, didn't, I never created this for you. It was never my intention for you to go there. Mm-hmm. So I've given you the option. Now, now we get into some different yeah, theological waters. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, one, of, one of the things that C.S. Lewis says when talking about this topic in mere Christianity, which if our watchers or listeners are looking for great base, basics mm-hmm. and tenets of the Christian faith, mere Christianity is a great place to start and be like, oh, okay. You like, it's a lot of stuff where you're like, okay, I believe that, but I didn't realize I could say it like that. Right. Where he just words it so well. But one of the things he says so well is he goes, if I allow my niece mm-hmm. into a room and I say, you can play and enjoy that room, I'm going to be downstairs making dinner for us. Mm-hmm. The same freedom that gave her the ability to enjoy the room is the same freedom that gives her the opportunity to make a mess of it and destroy yes. it. Yes. Yes. And when, when you come back to get him for dinner, you're like, why did you destroy the room? Right. Like, well, you gave me the room. He's like, I didn't give you the room to destroy it. I gave you the room to enjoy it. Right. And, right. and it was not my intent for you to do this. Mm-hmm. And I set all this stuff up. I also knew that you could do this, but my desire was for you to do the right thing. Right. And now you have to be punished okay. because you've ruined right. the room. Yeah, I think, I think what happens is we forget that God is morally perfect. Mm. He is absolutely righteous, 100% holy, not like us, mm. right? And so because of that, he's got this standard that... We have, we're, we're called, we have to live up to this standard, but of course we don't meet right. that expectation. We don't meet the standard. And so God says, you know what? I got you. Think mm. about that. Mm. I got you. Here's Jesus. So now through him, through my beloved son, now you can meet the standard mm. if you would just say yes to him. And therefore now, hell is off the table. Yeah, It's off the table completely. But when you say, you know, I don't really want that Jesus, you know, and you have a misunderstanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. Now hell is back on the table. Right. But even when it's back on the table, God and his patience and his mercy is like, look, you don't want that. Mm. <laughs> you don't want that smoke. Like you don't, yeah. you don't want to catch this, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think it also starts with our, our, our um, understanding of who God is and his character and his holiness. Mm. It just can't be. We do whatever we want to do. We have to come to God under under his terms yeah, and come to him on his terms and not our own terms. Yeah. So how, how is that, that idea of God sending people to hell misconception? We kind of touched on it, but that seems to be the focal point is that idea of who's sending who, where, right? Is it God sending us to hell or is it us sending ourselves to hell already? And then he's, you know, kind of plucking us out of it when we acknowledge that he, see, that's, take, how, that's that tension, that right? Yeah. That, that's kind of like that tension uh, I think oftentimes with that, that it could be like a both and, right? So, you know, John three sixteen, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, whoever believed him will not perish back eternal life. Mm-hmm. But for those who don't believe, right? Or it says God didn't send his son to condemn the world, right? But to save it. But to save it. But for those who don't believe, they're condemned already. Ready. 
right? So you get yeah, this, people don't go to the next part of right. that, board, that verse. <laughs> Nobody likes that verse. <laughs> and so the idea is that okay, if you don't, you're already condemned. That's the natural. That's just it. Mm-hmm. At birth, even David says in Psalm 51, "Surely I've been a sinner since my mother's womb." You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was conceived. In I was sin. conceived yeah. in sin, and so I think we we get to the point where we're like, look. We're we're 100% broken, 100% in sin, and now God is like, okay, I'm giving you this lifeline, mm-hmm. and if you choose not to take it, I got to be just. And yeah. so, perfect is, justice. Is He sending people? Yes. And are we choosing it? Yes. Mm. And that talks about in First Peter where He says the the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a rock of offense. And a rock of stumbling for those who were destined to do right. so. So they stumble over it right. as they were destined mm-hmm. to. And then it's like, what do you mean they were destined to? Right. Right? And then it's like, what do you mean that? Well, God, his, and also God is sovereign. Mm. Yet he, we have choice. He already knows. But we still have the ability to choose. Mm. Nobody can come to the, to the Father unless he be drawn by the Spirit. Right. But God knows who's going to be drawn by the Spirit. You know, the atonement of Jesus is unlimited. And yet it's limited. See, we try to put God in this box. That we can that so we can understand. We can understand it. And so here we are as finite beings trying to understand an infinite God. Mm. And we like either or. It's we don't so like much both easier ends. that way, isn't it? It is. And here's the thing. And if I could say, well, God sends people to hell, it alleviates me of any responsibility. See, it's not my fault. Mm. God doesn't matter did it. if I share the gospel or not. God did it. It's not my fault. Mm. God did it. Or I don't have to share it. He already knows. It's like, no, no, mm. somehow in the midst of all this, God partners with us as his children to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then for those that don't believe, God gives those individuals a responsibility to choose him. You know why? Because that's what love does. God mm. doesn't want robots. Mm. He wants his creation to love him simply because he's God. Mm. And if we're not willing to do that, he's like, okay. Far be it from me. I love that somebody used this analogy one day. They told me this example. God is like, far be it from me to keep you to myself and you don't want to be with me. Mm. I love you enough. There's another place prepared that you can go. Mm. And in my love, I will send you there. Mm. So then does God love people in hell? Absolutely. Because he's God. God is love. Mm. But it doesn't change that he's still just. Yeah, a parent still loves their child when... They have to punish yeah. them, right? Yeah. And that's that's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on that idea of, of, of him even loving those who are destined for destruction, because he says in Scripture, I do not rejoice right. at the punishment of the wicked. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you can almost hear him saying, he's like, how messed up would that be? If I'm like, I can't wait to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. That's the best part of my day this week. I've got that marked on the calendar. Right. I'm excited. I can't wait boom but he sends so many messengers right be- just like any righteous people Lord, please would you anyone. do it for one would you say i mean he's having a dialogue he doesn't he's have, doing everything he's God, he can right he doesn't even have to have like why why am i talking to you sodom and gomorrah done he's like man if i could find one righteous person mm-hmm. it's all good and yet and, and so the fact that god even entertains mm. not smiting and destroying a place shows the love, love and compassion. And that even happens with Moses on the mount. When God's telling Moses what's going on at the bottom, yep. and he's just like, I'm done. 
I'm over this. We're going to restart with you. Everybody's getting and it. They're gone. And then Moses begs him. No, no, no. Please no, no. don't. He's like, for your name. Like, what, what are the people going to say? Namesake. For your name's sake. For your name's sake. And, and it says God relents. You know? Now think about that. Which is interesting. For your name's sake. Mm. Right? So when people choose God for his name's sake, I bring you in. Mm-hmm. Angels rejoice. People yeah. see your transformation, so forth and so on. But also, you'll be cast into hell for my namesake because I need people to know I'm just. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I got it. There's justice. There's, There's justice. perfect justice. It's perfect justice. And so we don't like that. Mm. We'd rather have the the apex of sinners go to hell, right? And obviously, the apex of righteous people go to heaven. You know, every, anyone could say that. Right. And then the majority of us want to fall into the middle ground where we're like, well, we're good enough, right? You know? But then we go, yeah. well, if you want the worst sinners to be punished and have perfect justice fall upon them, then you have to understand that the worst sinners are lumped in with all sinners because any sin is now breaking that. But, but you, Which pulls everyone in like, whoa, 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 you can't right. take them on the same level. It's we don't like, want well, that. you are now. We don't want, because we want to, we want to like compartmentalize sins and you got, mm. you got your big sins over here. Mm-hmm. And so... Now you have, you know, your adultery, your addictions, whatever. Murders. Murderers, all that kind of stuff. But, okay, look, the greedy person. Eh. Mm -hmm. The envious one. The envious one. The prideful one. Eh. The jealous one. Right. So we put those over there. Mm -hmm. And you see, we even treat people different. Now, I'm not saying the consequences are different. Right. Right? Murder and, and lying, the consequences are totally different. Yeah. But in God's sight. It's still sin. Sin is sin. And even if you hadn't even done anything, sin. It's and sin. That, that brings me to how, how are we sending ourselves to hell in the aspect of like, and we're already kind of touching on this, but it's like, I didn't eat the apple. Like I can see Adam and Eve, you know, getting the hammer because they were in the perfect situation. Yeah. And then they still ignored what they knew was true, doubted God and believed the serpent. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, I guess it's not gonna be that bad if I eat the apple. So I get them getting punished. But then, like, why is that passed on? But, but that's, hey, look, I guess we get to the point, like, look, man, I didn't, I didn't make the rules. I just played right? the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where you got Adam and Eve, right? The first of creation, however you want to look at that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you can look at that some different kind of ways. Um, and so now the Bible says through one man, mm. all have sinned. So you can't just stop at Genesis. You got to read on. Right. Into the epistles and what Paul is talking about and others, like it's like look, scripture interprets scripture. It does. And so it's like, look, through one man, we've we've all sinned. Mm. And so because of Adam's sin, we have what they call now this imputed sin mm-hmm. that's been given to all of us. But yet through the second Adam, Jesus, we can all have life. And so with through Christ we get that imputed righteousness. Mm. The problem is, see, we we don't want the sin. We want the righteousness. We want righteousness to be able to be given to everybody. Right. Right. But we don't want to apply the same logic right. and spiritual rule to Adam and, right. and take responsibility for sin. And, and so you see, so Eve, you know, she eats this fruit. She gives it to Adam. Adam eats the fruit. Mm. And after that, it's all downhill. But you even see God in his, in his grace, man. I mean, he could have killed him on the spot. He would have been like, well, this is done. But he, but he didn't. It was fun. Right. And then we fast forward to Noah, mm-hmm. and he starts all over again. That's the weird thing. And he says, I'm going to do this, flood the earth. Now I'm going to make a new covenant with Noah 
knowing the wickedness that's in the human heart. Mm. What are you doing, God? Mm. Why didn't you just wipe everybody out and be done with it? Yeah. It's not who he is. And then after the flood, he's so heartbroken by what he's had to do that he swears that he'll never do it again. Right. Never right. again am I get a flood the whole earth. Is, right. You know what? And then that's like that's that's a crazy look into God's heart where he's going, I'm I'm torn up about this. Right. This is heartbreaking that this had to happen. Right. But this is what you've chosen. But I love you so much I'm going to keep, you know, a remnant, like he always says. Right. And we're gonna keep working. Yeah, I mean, I don't so I don't know if we fully understand the sinfulness of us as people. Mm-hmm. I think it's in is Genesis six. When Jesus says, you know, they were their inclinations were to all kinds of evil. Yeah. And always. It, always. Right? Their minds were given over to evil, right? Then after the flood, when he makes his covenant, he's like, I know the wickedness that's in the heart, the evil mm-hmm. in, the inclinations of the heart. And see, wait a second. On one hand, you're talking about the mind, the other hand, you're talking about the heart. Mm. So that just that tells us something that, you know, before the flood, these people, I mean, it's one thing. To have a little, to have evil in your heart. But yeah. When you think evil all the time, that's just bad. Because that's what Scripture says: that it's born in the heart, right? It's thought in the mind, act through the hands, right? And so if that, that it, naturally, so if, right? So if everything is evil, that means everything you do is evil. Now, now you, today you have people who have they can, you can have a wicked heart mm-hmm. and still do a kind deed, mm. right? You can still do some things. Why? Let's let's bring Scripture together. Because Romans tells us that even the law of God is written on the hearts of the Gentiles. Mm. So God has done something to our hearts mm. with the, after the flood. Yeah, our hearts may be a little, but mentally, we, we kind of know between mm. right and wrong. Mm. And now God says, okay, now I, I'm going to give you this new heart as the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And now as the Holy Spirit dwells in you, now I need you to no longer be conformed right. to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that every thought is no longer mm-hmm. inclined to evil. Which was the original. Which issue. was the. Boom. That was a great. Right. That was excellent. Yeah. I mean, Man, it's, that was good. So you, you look at all that and, I, and you, you got to sit back and be like, God, you're amazing. Mm. You've, you've been patient with us all this time. Yeah. And you've done things in a certain way. So even for the unbeliever, he or she never gets to the point where every thought is evil. Mm which means everybody has a chance. Mm. No one is without excuse. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, think about that. So before the flood, dude, trifling. After the flood, now there's hope because everything is not evil, evil, evil all the time. Yeah. Which means you could take a stone cold killer, share the gospel. And radical transformation. And radical transformation. I mean, look at Paul. He's there watching the first, you know, martyr gets stoned to death right and he's like all right cool and that person who's so cold and callous to murder with an with the evil with an evil heart is transformed into the greatest bringer yep. of the gospel yep. to the world yep. think who about we that. still read his letters yep. today and praise god for them yep and for the obviously the movement of the holy spirit with those letters yep but you just think about like man this guy radically transformed but we also see that concept right where you're saying like you know there's a difference between murdering someone and you know telling a you know what we would call a white lie right that right. idea of just a little tiny lie you look at those two things you're like okay there are obvious differences 
And you see that even God recognizes that where they're so amazed. They're like, what do you mean you're bringing Saul onto the team? Like, and he goes, look, I, I know he'll get his reward for that, but I'm going to use him. And you see that, 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 that idea that, you know, grace always abounds. Yes. But blessing doesn't. So yeah, you'll have, you'll get your grace, but you, you're going to lose out on a lot of blessing. But and there, and yeah. there's a cosmic aspect of that where, all right, I was long and I was, pa- I was patient, long suffering for you. Yep. But there comes a date where it goes, all right. This is the end of life. This is the end. And I, here's the thing. And I tell people all the time, like, look, you know, you may get to heaven and you don't get all the rewards you think you should have gotten. Mm, the crowns, the robes. Here's what I know. According to scripture, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord mm-hmm. than to dwell in a tent of wickedness. Let me be a butler, a janitor. Whatever you think a lowly position is, give me that position and I'll take that any day mm-hmm. in heaven than in hell. Yeah. Any day. And that we're going to get to, not in this podcast, but into a, a future podcast where we talk about that idea of, well, isn't hell filled with all the cool people? Is that where all the, the cool stuff's happening? You know, that that very um, cartoony perce- perspective, right. Right? right? So we'll get to that, you know, right. in the future. But th- I think that's a that's a great place to kind of leave that that aspect yeah. of it of of it better to be a butler in heaven than to feel like you're dwelling in the tents of wickedness than to be right? popular yeah in hell yeah yeah so we'll get to that yeah that's because that's a whole nother podcast that's right whole, there that's a whole nother thing yeah, yeah, yeah so how do we shift the con- so as we kind of wrap this up how do how do we shift the conversation right so we hear someone say you know something about god you know just throwing people in hell because he's upset about it. Mm-hmm. Or you see a meme, you know, something like that, making fun of God for, you know, this kind of an attribute. How do we shift the conversation? How do we approach the conversation? And how do we reorient the focus of it to the truth? I think what we've done here, we, you know, you got to lay the foundation. You got to give somebody a good framework to work from uh, and recognize. So you have Eve, who up until the fall, God is determining what's good. Mm. And all of a sudden it says Eve saw the fruit and saw it was pleasing to thine. And what she and she determined it was good. Good for food. So now she stepped into the place of God. Like you can't do that. And so when we give people a firm theological, a solid foundation of understanding the doctrine of God, who he is and his character, and then you start from there, and then you go into the need for Jesus, the need for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then you go into, you know, what happens if you reject. Right. Because I think the problem is we, we don't want to admit, we either want to say, you know, Satan sends people to hell, which he doesn't. He right. has no power to do that. Mm. Um, or we want to say, well, it's not my fault, it's all God. So here's the thing. We see the love of God and the wrath of God at the cross. We see right. the good side and the ugly side of, I mean, just all of it of God at the cross. And God is like, look, here's what I'm saving you from. You're my enemy. I hate wickedness. I'm saving you from my wrath that you're about to receive. Mm. I'm not saving you from sin because you will continue. I got to sanctify you. Go through that process, right? Right. But I'm saving you from me, from this heat I'm about to give you if you don't say yes to Jesus, mm. right? And I'm giving you the choice in this, in this whole process right. to demonstrate your love for me and your desire to have me. And, but after we go through and we look at the attributes of God, we realize, okay, but if I say no to Jesus, 
in God's love, mm-hmm. there's a place I can go. Mm. There's a party that I'm going to crash that I was never invited to. And God says, I don't want you to go there. Yeah. But if you want to crash it, I give you the ability to do so. Yeah. And so I, I think to have to shift it, you got to start. Give, we got to start giving people like solid theology, yeah. solid understanding of scripture, um, because it's a lot of myths about what hell is, what and it misconceptions, isn't, misconceptions, yeah. misconceptions about it, and we and we take it as a joke. Yeah. And so it's funny, you know, if, if we're gonna believe that God is real, mm. then we have to believe that Satan and hell is for real. Yeah. And if we believe that heaven is paradise then we got to believe hell is the exact opposite of that. Right. And that's not a popular place to go. That's not like the fun place. Right. Because, yeah. So you're telling me my theology shouldn't be based off of memes that I find on the internet? Your theology should not be based off of memes. That's and everything be, that's on the be, internet is not true. <laughs> that's going to be hard news for this generation. If yeah. they listen to this, be like, wait a second. You got to go You got to go to the word. Mm. And I would say this, not only go to the word, but learn how to think and not what to think. Hmm. Not just say something that you hear somebody say, it sounds good and you just regurgitate it. But you learn how to think and you realize, okay, God is holy and just. He hates wickedness. He's perfect. We're not. He's given us the ability, right, to level up through Jesus. And you can either choose to level up or stay where you're at. Hmm. And God is like, but I don't want you to stay where you're at. I want you to be my masterpiece. I want to craft you and show you just how awesome mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And yet in his love, he says, but if you don't want it, I'm not going to force it. That's what I love about God. I'm not going to force it on you. Right. Or else everyone would be right. believers. Right. Because that would be weird for him to not do that. But that's not love. Right. That's like, I mean, what dic- I mean, that's a dictator. Mm. You know? Mandatory salvation. Right. That's not happening. Yeah. And then that doesn't, and really does that set, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob apart from other gods. Mm. He's false gods. So it sets him apart. Like, look, I've created you, and now I've given you the ability to choose me. Right. And as you, when you choose me, you partner with me to go mm. out and make disciples and bring others to me. Right. And that to same it. ability to choose, just like the kid has the ability to enjoy the room, you can also re- creates the ability to, to wreck it. reject. Which mm-hmm. is why Jesus says, that there is one unforgivable sin. Right. There is blasphemy. If you reject the spirit, you've done the one thing that can't be forgiven. Can't be. Which means that you've made a choice to you've, reject you've it. Made the you've choice. made a choice. You've you made did choice. this. Yeah. And you're going to have a, there's going to be yeah. a, reverse, a, a consequence. Or, you know, for those who, you know, and this is, now this gets into a little sticky mm-hmm. subject, you know, for those who've been walking with the Lord for like 30 years and they reject, something happens. They, you know what? I renounce my faith. I don't mm. believe in Jesus mm. anymore. I don't. Okay, that's now, now you're, that's an apostate. How can you taste and see that the Lord is good and then reject him after that? The writer of Hebrews is clear. You're done. Mm. There's no coming back from that. Yeah. And we try to rationalize that. God, is that fair? Is it like, what do you mean? I've been, God is like, I've been blessing him for 30 years. Mm. I've been riding with him for 30 years. And now they want to kick me to the curb? That's his choice. He made the choice. And he's like, and then I've got my responsibility based off your choice. Based off your choice. Mm. So what's what's one thing you would hope people would walk away from this conversation? As they finish wrapping this up, what's kind of the one thing you would hope that, you know, they're just going to turn off their Spotify, close their YouTube, 
what's one thing that they should be thinking about next? I think the one thing I think about next is that for the believer, it's a reassurance that God is loving. Mm. And the glory that we have waiting for us far surpasses the struggles that we're dealing with right now, mm-hmm. you know, and that we have leveled up. We've chosen the all-knowing, wise, true, self-sufficient God mm-hmm. who needs no one, creator, sustainer, redeemer, resurrector, and we're his children. We've been given the right to be called the children of God because of Christ. Right. For the one that's not a believer, today can be the day. Mm. Say yes to him now. You're like, don't harden your heart. Mm. You know? Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God raised from the dead. You'll be saved. Like today is that day. You know, that you don't have to crash the party. Amen. Hell is a real place. But God is He's got a place prepared for you if you would just say yes to Jesus. It's like mm. saying yes to him doesn't make you uh, uh, less of a person. It, you're just demonstrating, look, you're broken. We've all fallen short of God's glory. So he that, knows it. He knows it. We know it. You can't hide anything from him. He knew it before you did it. So go ahead and just say yes to him. Mm. What you got to lose? Yeah. Well, technically, you got a whole lot. To lose. You got a whole lot to lose. <laughs> but I mean, in you that, got a whole lot to find too. But you got a whole lot to find. Mm. So if you just lose your life and receive his life, the life of Christ for the rest of your life, you will never be at Satan's party. Mm. You, you'll be with all of God's children, rejoicing in heaven with him because hell is a real place hmm. and God is patient. But at the same time, we can't trifle on his grace. Amen. Because the Bible does, says, does say his kindness and forbearance should lead us to repentance, which is turning from evil and turning hmm. to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show, Malcolm. This is awesome. Hey, man, John, thanks for having me, man. It's Absolutely. always good to hang out with you. Yes, sir. Cool. Thank you for tuning in to this production from Sand Hills Media Ministry. This episode was produced and hosted by John Daybeck. Audio mixing and camera work by Sean Wigner. Post-production by Eric Wigner. Special thanks to our guest, Malcolm Walls. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us through liking, subscribing, sharing on your social media. It is more than you know to fuel this project. If you'd like to know more about Sand Hills, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, you can do so at sandhillschurch.org. If you enjoyed our song, it's Same Blood Instrumental by King's Kaleidoscope.